Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. That was pretty impressive, Tony. That was very impressive. <laughs> Soundboard quality. Hey, so hey, I'm your host, the Conzi with the most, uh, and I've been joined, uh, as you can tell, by my co-host. Who's that? Obviously, you <laughs> can't, can't even remember what his name is. No, oh, Brian's here, sometimes called Stark Raving Man. All right, and we have also been joined in the studio by our good friend and and uh, local Warhammer player and host of the great and wonderful podcast Combat Phase, Kenny. How's it going, buddy? I'm a junkie. <laughs> a Warhammer junkie. junkie. <laughs> Maybe more than enthusiast. <laughs> please, yeah, please uh, define junkie for us. <laughs> Just never quite satisfied. Got to play to get my fix, and it's just not quite enough. <laughs> you know, once you get started on that first hit of plastic crack, you just can't stop. I start knocking off pawn shops and <laughs> beating old ladies in the streets for their rolls of pennies in their wallet, their purse, old lady purses. See, that'd be a lot of old ladies. You'd have to you know, sack, old ladies but... they have like you know they always have like rolls of pennies. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It's a thing. Apparently. <laughs> Anyway, what's happening today? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I think. Uh, well, I think we're gonna go ahead and kind of catch up on things, and then we're gonna talk about what it takes to build up your own local Warhammer scene. A lot of folks out there have probably been a bit like what we've had in Madison over the last couple of years, where it's real bad dry spell, especially coming off of. For us, it was really coming off of an addition of the rules that that really kind of drove people away from the game. And then even the beginning of 8th, I think a lot of people were driven away, and now they're they're hearing that the overwhelming review of the people that have still been playing, of people having positive information about the game, positive, it's starting to, it's starting to be where it's not just Warhammer hate on the internets now. You're seeing <laughs> positive stuff being said about the game, being said about it, uh, you know, on forums and such. And, you know, really things like, when you see a lot of veterans like ourselves, I think, say that Warhammer is the best it's ever been right now today, game balance, that kind of thing, you hear that over and over and over, then it, it's helped groups resurge. But there's still a lot of groups out there, and you know, being myself, I know a lot of guys across the, the you know communities across the state of Wisconsin, there are groups that are still struggling, and so that's going to be one of the things is nurturing the grove. How do you build your local Warhammer scene. I think that's a really good topic, considering that, uh, I mean, I moved here in August, but I've, I've seen, like, the scene since I've come in, it was pretty strong at the square, and the square closed down and reopened, but it's farther out now, and so you kind of had that opportunity to have the overflow into other stores to pick up and uh, maybe rebuild or tweak the community. So I think it's kind of, a, I think it's good you're talking about this right now because it's very timely. What have we done in the, the past couple of weeks? Guys got any hobby work done? I have uh, quite a bit considered what I usually get done. Oh, my goodness. I've kind of figured out a rhythm. I think uh, those five ghouls are done. So you're up to how many of them now? <laughs> That's 20. So half my like big unit usually. But yeah, 20 in my 1,000-point games. Usually that gives me a full unit painted on the table, which is pretty awesome. So guys are done. I think I'm, I got enough pictures from the last five I did. I think I might throw a blog post up if I ever make it that far. Hopefully sometime soon. And then I did pick up a box of Vargeist. I just started using those in my 1,000-point lists, and I, they're working out pretty good. And I want to do quite a bit of modeling to them to change them up a bit because I'm not a huge fan of the stock model. So definitely repose and maybe a few other tweaks to them. So that'll be a project. I think I got a lot of assembly ahead of me. I think I'm going to get some models together before I start painting, and I might move on to painting like some zombies or something. Once I get a few more together after those Vargeist, and I might also pick up some Hex Race since I've been using those quite a bit and assemble those. Sure. And that seems to kind of be a drag compared to painting. <laughs> I don't know, just scraping mold lines isn't very satisfying <laughs> compared to putting paint on a model, I guess. So that's a new thing since I started painting. I think I talked about that one other time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a huge change. You used to be all about the assembly. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, the conversion and stuff, but the tedious part of it, I think, is what bugs me. Just scraping mold lines is annoying. <laughs> I understand completely. But that's what I've been getting done for a hobby. I get ready for Adepticon. Yeah, so I've right been painting. Yeah, I leave on Wednesday. So <laughs> I've been painting. Here's what I, I put together and painted. Uh, 30 long beards, or I'm, I'm painting 
30 iron breakers, 20 iron drakes, 20, no, 30 hammers, two gyrocopters, two gyro bombers, and uh, the new char- the new characters in the dwarves. It's like a whole new army. It basically, well, it, it's great <laughs> now because I can like, yeah, it is. I'm spraying, I sprayed in black and I did like, you know, dry brush of like the, the darker metal and then the wash and put another one on. So it's at least, it's kind of that like a blank page syndrome or, you know, blank model syndrome where you started <laughs> it and it's a little bit easier psychologically to, to continue, but it also can be really boring. So I got to like basically get it done and I'm not going to get the army to look the way I want it. There's basically no display board. I'm just going to put some terrain or something on one that I already have uh, for Adepticon, but you know, it's going to be able to play them finally and they're going to have a new book. So that'll be exciting. And are these all pretty much the new plastics or the oh yeah it's all the new plastics and um in one of the lists that i wrote i take thunderers and i'd rather use the uh, avatars of war thunderers so i listened this past week i listened to your last show where you talked about alternatives and um and I, you mentioned my tours which you write as a good example <laughs> and i basically take the ones that i i, I like the, the look of the model which is until the new gw models came out which is pretty much none of the current ones except maybe their iron breakers so I want to use uh, some of the Avatars of War ones. If I try some, uh, I'm looking at trying MSU dwarfs. So a couple armies of uh, a couple units of like ten with sword and board to uh, kind of defend the the war machines. Is like the shield wall thing now. So I'll probably use the Avatars of War one for that. That sounds very cool. Well, yeah, a couple alternative lines. I'll we'll see what's done by Adepticon. Yeah, yeah. I hope everybody came away from last episode thinking that alternative models are definitely okay. We definitely endorse them. It's just. You guys had some really good points. We try. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been something I know. I personally try to keep in my 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 mind on when I'm using them in my own list. So I'll have to make sure. Even it reminded me of Adepticon when I put something down. If it's not a GW model, or even if it is, I just say this is this unit. They have full command. They have these weapons or shields. You know, just so people know. Yeah, it it definitely is helpful because that's it can be distracting. Yeah. During the game, and there are, we you know there are times when companies you know there are, there has been a company out there, Privateer Press that basically banned this in their first edition of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. What well, it also came up, I played a mirror match uh, against Dwarves against Davy, and he had the, uh, I guess the seventh ed plastic models, where it's that one kit that you could make everything out of it. Yeah, and I, I kept having to ask him, and I kept forgetting, you know, are those warriors? Are they long beards? <laughs> Do they have shields? Do they have groupings? And he did his part. He modeled it, but because it's like one basic kit, you yeah. know, I, I didn't know. It's I think tough. I was saying that in the other show, too, that it's often helpful to <laughs> say that even if you have the regular models. Because my Bretts, I have to tell people the difference like, between them all I, the time. Put something it's on like, I know the difference, tray. but they all they all just look like knights to everybody else. You're so. like, duh, it's these knights? <laughs> exactly. Well, like, come on. <laughs> hammer Longbeard kit now is... One's got axes Gorgeous. and yeah. one's got, you know, <laughs> one's got hammers. You know, that's that's the only difference, really. Yeah, they're beautiful. All right, I've been slacking, not super hobbying. <laughs> I've, and I did get back to the hobby table, and I've been building some lizardmen stuff. And it's just started. I'm like, I just could not make myself paint on that doom wheel. I just couldn't. I ch- I started Sick working on it, and I just yeah, too much brown. <laughs> Brown is, is just not doing it for me. Brown so I had metal. to stop. I had to do something. I'm like, okay, well, I'll get... I've got this old skink model. I've got these lizardmen. Why don't I fiddle around with these guys a little bit and see what I can do? So I did the skink priest model, painted them up fairly nice to not only to paint something different, but I wanted to paint something, challenge myself. Put You know, the, the Skaven stuff has all been fairly quick. Fairly speed paint type techniques, not very challenging necessarily to paint. So I painted the Skink Priest up. Really enjoyed that project, and it's kind of lit a little bit of a fire here underneath me to play and work on Lizardmen, you know, at least locally. So I've been fiddling around with them, building some... I had a box of Skinks here, so I started building those. I've picked up a box of Pterodons. I'm going to build those at some point once I finish the Skinks. And I've got some really cool ideas. I just will see... I have a feeling this is going to fall. Like most, I've picked up the Lizardmen and fiddled with this army since like the beginning of time when I started playing Warhammer uh, <laughs> way back in the late 90s. This army in particular, 
I'm definitely taking it, the stuff I'm building and working on is definitely going to a, a completely different level. It's like a brand new army start. It's basically scratching anything that I've done in the past with the models and projects. And so it'll be a repurchase of everything that I add and redo and repaint of everything. So I don't expect myself to complete an army out of this but if i could complete another dozen models before i finally shelf it for a while <laughs> I, I at least the models will eventually look really good in that glass cabinet over here in the studio yeah. <laughs> that skink priest does look really good though i mean that's a pretty old model but it looks fantastic and you're doing a lot of stuff with the basing on them too is pretty cool yeah trying to really jungle fi up them try not to convert the dickens out of the models themselves but just make the army really look unique so the models i'm building at this point i'm really trying to jungle fi up and even though you lizardman and jungle and yeah you've seen that a million <laughs> times before i think what if it's if it's executed really well and the modeling you know is there even if there's not huge conversions, it's going to hopefully, and it's you know bright colors, hopefully it's going to catch, if I, if I ever did get it completed, it'll catch people's eyes. People will want to take a closer look at it. And that's where, I, then, you know, that's where you get compliments and pats on the back. And I hate to say it, but I really, really, and I think all of us, when, when people say cool stuff about their mini spell, oh, hey, your stuff looks really cool, or you've painted it really well, or I really like your basing, that just makes you feel so good that's because of the amount of man hours and work you yeah, you put into sure. the projects that kind of gets us up cuts caught up with our hobby if uh we've been playing any games i know i've played a ridiculous amount of games myself a ridiculous amount yeah i don't think i'm gonna get into all of them but how many like two uh <laughs> four or five that's pretty impressive i think in the last since we've recorded at least did you lose them all no, I actually did not lose them all. Those all lizard men or Skaven? No, too? I play. I've only played the lizards three times now, so I've there's some Skaven in there. I see. I've played some mirror matches with a Skaven. Oh, really? I've played. Uh, it's really all the Skaven games kind of seem for me to kind of be the same because it's really <laughs> what do my warp lightnings kit where warp lightning cannons kill before my opponent can get to me <laughs> you know, it's a strategy that's pretty much it you know can i whittle it down small enough so i can dreaded 13th those infantry the only time i've like been flat out just crushed with a even was when i was playing against big ben's uh, ogres. ogres and <laughs> between the speed of the ogres you know just being able to push those giant block that giant block up of iron gut you know they get the gut star forward really fast and in your grill I just couldn't do... I killed half of it before it got to me, but I just couldn't... You know, half an Iron Gut Star is... The slaves didn't hold up to <laughs> not, not good enough, apparently. <laughs> then just, fall, you know, the whole thing fell apart. Ton of fun. That was a fun game, but it was tough. Cool. So what have you been What have you been up to? I know you said... I got a whopping it. one game, I think, since our last cast. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that was another thousand-pointer. Trevor, one of the younger kids at the store on monday nights um i was doing pretty good i mean he was playing beastman he only had like one huge gore block with like 40 or 50 gore and then like a small ungo or block like 20 and like a chariot and then he had like three characters in the gore block and i think my vargeist like shredded the ungor from frenzy i didn't even really tell him to do that <laughs> they just charged it and knew what they were doing apparently and tore that up and then I was I had way more chaff than him, so I kind of dictated where I wanted everything to go, and then I got a little. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I managed. I charged like everything I could at the gore block. I had whittled them down. I probably took at least ten or more models off. They're probably only a little under thirty when I think I hit them with every unit I have, just like my ghouls, and I got them in the rear with the Vargais and Hex Race, I think, but. I lost that, <laughs> like, between whatever it's called, the beast signature spell, wild form, and oh, then the yeah, hatred, beast. the whatever the beast special rule that gives them hatred all the time, that tore my guys up, and I managed to hand what probably was a pretty easy victory into losing, so it's my ghouls got whittled down, and then eventually my vampire hero crumbled, so. Wah, wah, wah. Tough loss. Learn my lesson. <laughs> Avoid. <laughs> Avoid. Especially at a thousand points. I don't really have that strong of a 
force i guess to yeah. deal with the big block like that yeah no and trevor's done a done a great job of when he plays the beastman of figuring out how to kind of build the death stars and it's like with the other armies he's played the skaven and and his dwarves those he he's never really quite gotten that to work not quite going the that should be a richardson thing the death star yeah <laughs> his brother played, <laughs> yeah. was the ogre big ben plays a the Player, ogre death yep. star too yeah <laughs> i wonder if the next beastman book will like have uh, other options besides like because you always see them in blocks like whenever you see someone play them yeah it's it's i kind of miss the old beast herd the skirmish beast herds oh yeah those were fun those are kind of cool it was yeah. just something different i mean that's what you saw with the beastmen but i don't know it still works out but yeah it's just the big blocks I don't know if people even ambush that much anymore. No, not really. Occasionally, I, you'll see somebody yeah. that that t- does it, but just like one or something. Surprise. But it used to always be well. Usually, you'd face like a whole ambush army back in the day. It's pretty just, cool. It's too inconsistent with like twenty guys. You're like, oh hey, I showed up on turn. T-. If they show up on turn two, you can't charge yeah, until they, turn three, and by then, like your eighth ed game is so usually deep and into it because it uses the regular whatever reserves rule or whatever where you have to roll for it or something roll and then you roll for your board edge it plops yeah. up on or something it's too like random that. it probably yeah. doesn't need to be that random yeah anymore. it should be more consistent yeah anyway old beastman all right so <laughs> kenny you did you say you had played a game yeah i got uh i got at least one game in did a mirror match against davy and uh, i got a little vanguard happy because i was trying out some of the new stuff turns out that i pretty much cut off my own units Really? Like I got one of the <laughs> one big charge, and I like took out this big unit he had. But then, I mean, just the way we were placing on the board, I couldn't get my iron breakers, which had a lot of like fun toys in there. I couldn't get them because I was blocking my own unit. And so you know, and they still have dwarf movement, so I just kind of got cut off there. But it was a lot of fun. I think, I think he got me in the end because um, like most of my games I play, I can't sustain a grind. Like I can deal some damage, but I just can't like stay in there. Some of that's my uh, my dice. The Wisco dice were against me that day. That <laughs> never happens. Very much against me. I had to put them away. <laughs> Come on. Wisco for the <laughs> you win. must have angered the, the Wisco dice gods. <laughs> yeah. No, I must have done something. <laughs> Pissed the fan off or something. <laughs> it's a damn fan. <laughs> I could hear him on the table like... <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun game. Probably cursed your dice. That was a lot of fun, yeah. Just uh, dropping some uh, gyrocopters flying around and Gyrocopters actually got into combat. That was interesting. Uh, I didn't bring a cannon. I think I just brought like an organ gun and a flame cannon. I guess that's not too bad facing against dwarves since they don't have any monster really to worry about. But I'm trying to keep that in mind for the uh, thinking about doing the MSU thing for Adepticon. So thinking about maybe bringing like no cannon. Oh. Maybe just one. I probably will. <laughs> but. Don't 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 not bring in the cannon to Adepticon. Bring three of them. I would bring. One at least, if I was playing dwarves, if not two, I should expect to face dark elves, warriors, demons at least once, maybe high elves. I would think warriors will be if any if the Midwest tournaments have been any indication will be a third of the field will be probably close to a a third of the field. I would think so. They don't have a cannon at least. Yeah, and then demons (laughs) will be a huge portion. Dark elves, I don't know you. I would think yes, but I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of people playing Dark Elves here locally, so I don't know. Oh, I think Adepticon will. Yeah, I think Adepticon will bring them because Dark Elves are a really popular army. It's just they just haven't been played a lot here. I don't know. I think High Elves very possibly, but I think that'll be kind of they'll be hot. The higher quantity of High Elves maybe than say other armies, but there'll be plenty of them, or there'll be they'll be relative to the other armies I don't think there'll be that many more whereas the warriors and demons I think will be the the top two no, ogres oh, I was just going to say maybe throw in ogres yeah <laughs> ogres too ogres would probably be in there ogres warriors and demons that old thing lower model counts easy to paint models oh that's a good point cannons <laughs> I actually have so much pain to do I thought about pausing and just using the ogres since they're already painted <laughs> No, I've been waiting to play my dwarves with a hardback book. Waited for years. <laughs> so, but we'll um, see. I mean, that'll be an interesting field. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's just going to be an experience. Yeah, I, I'll be I'll be at Adepticon I think Saturday. So, 
just kind of hang out and do a little shopping, and then I'm gonna head home. It'll be it'll be cool to see everybody. Go ahead and talk about our gaming spotlight today. So, in today's gaming spotlight, we have the game Zombicide. A lot of folks have heard about this game. It's been around for... It is pretty new, isn't you know, it? It's fairly new, but it's been around for probably two, two and a half years at least oh, really? now. Wow. Because they've they've already had a second Kickstarter for the base Zombicide game to drive, prison, drive expansions, Prison Outbreak, and Toxic City Mall. From what I understand, the, the next Kickstarter is going to be coming soon enough where they're going to allow big, even bigger games of Zombicide, is what I understand, than what Do, we currently have. Well, I guess I, <laughs> I was wondering if the expansions actually add more tiles, like the mall one. Sounds like it yes, probably adds like more mall tiles. Yeah, same with the prison outbreak. They both add, add their own tiles and their own zombie types. I see to add to the game along with a bunch of new heroes or survivors and some other special rules. So the game is Zombicide. Basically, what you, it's a mission-based game where it's cooperative against the game. All the players are co-oping against the game itself. Mm-hmm. So the game outlines rules for zombie movement and how the zombies will behave and attack. The survivors on these missions may have to find things like rice and water and canned food before they can because they're scrounging together supplies before they escape the area they're in you know as the area is becoming more and more overwhelmed with zombies or they could be just you know the mission could be just as simple as escape this zone or you know various other things that, that could occur in your turn if you're a survivor player you control at least one survivor, sometimes multiples, depending on the number of players. Um, the game does play up to six players. So on your turn, you can do a number of things, such as move, you know, move your guy, search. You get three activations of your of each one of your survivors to be able to do something. Once you're activated, all survivors in your control, it would pass to another player to take their turn. Then once all of the survivors are activated, the zombies then activate. They move towards what's really kind of neat is they, of course, zombies. It makes sense when zombies can see things, they can they'll just go straight at it. They're like, well, hey, there's tasty brains over there. We're gonna go get them. But if the zombies can't see anything, they'll move towards the loudest noise. And now not only survivors make noise, but the things that they do, like operating a chainsaw is loud. <laughs> so if somebody dashed and killed a couple of things or a couple of zombies that were in the, and now they're out of sight and they dashed back into a building or something, the zombies would be attracted to the noise, not necessarily where they were hiding in the building. And so they might be able to, one of the things that are very common is for the survivors to kind of make, to, to issue noise to draw the zombies kind of away from where they want to go. Very thematic, very kind of, you know, what you would think. And then at the end of the zombie turn, more zombies spawn at various spawn points on the, that are dictated on the map in the, in the mission that you're playing. You wrap up the game, you clean or wrap up the turn, you clean up the board, and the game continues. There's no there's no set number of turns. Usually you kinda get overwhelmed. Mission, <laughs> you know. But yeah, as you one of the things you remember is uh, each survivor as they kill things have zones on their zones of experience essentially on their on their card. And so as once the once one of the survivors caps into say the second zone of experience, I think it's the yellow zone. Yeah, I think it goes like green yellow red or something yeah like that. I think it's something like that yellow orange red oh oh okay you go from that that green to that yellow zone and all of a sudden now the that first survivor gets there well now the next time zombies spawn it's going to be more zombies or tougher zombies start to sp- or are more likely yeah, to spawn ramps everything up more. everything <laughs> continues to ramp up as you continue to explore of course as you explore you can find things like you know you start out with maybe a pan that you can bot- beat a zombie off over the head with and a pan is not very good at killing <laughs> zombies so then you you might find a baseball bat or you might find a katana or you might find pistols or 
SMGs, you know, there's lots of things as you search and explore the city that you may find to help your survivors become more effective zombie killers as well. So not only not only can you get, get into the fun of being able to like, whoa, I just mow down ten zombies, but you also have the you have kind of the uh, fun of being able to search and explore the city and go, oh hey, I found what, look at what I found here. Kind of adds all into the game. So. That's kind of an overview of the game. Brian, what do you think about Zombicide? You've definitely played this game before. I've played it at least two times, I think. I guess in my I think it's a really good game. I like it a lot. <laughs> I'll start out with that. Like my experiences were pretty good with it. The setup I think like dictates the game quite a bit. Like there's different levels of like the scenario or map or whatever you play. And the first one I played was probably way too hard for us because <laughs> I don't even think we like leveled up or anything, but we were just like getting stomped. And maybe it was just kind of luck of the cards, too, because there's, like, double activations and stuff, and those are usually where you're getting the most messed up. And then, like, the second game, I think we even had more people, and I think we played a easier map, and that one seemed like we were in the control the whole time and didn't really have any tight spots. I think my losing game might have actually been funner than the game where we actually won it, just because when we were winning, it just seemed too easy, I guess. We, didn't, we weren't really challenged too much in that game. And... Otherwise, it was pretty fun. I only played the two games, so I mean, there's a lot more left to check out. It's replayable. It's different every time you play it, I would say. Yeah. And I, there's plenty of missions in there I haven't done, so. And yeah. I, I haven't touched an expansion yet either, so. Yeah, the, the book comes with 10, I think, 10, 10 missions that come in the, the standard core box set. And then also you get an additional... Uh, there's tons of missions online that they've added as oh, well, so you can good you can go online like and select the copies of the book, uh, copies of the rules that you own, and you know if you have like just the base box set, and they will show you just okay, you you can play all of these missions, mm-hmm. and there's probably another twenty twenty five missions just from the core box that you can play. So tons of replayability, and the coolest thing with this bo- uh, this game is it comes with a small ton of fairly decent miniatures. I thought they were pretty cool. So on top of six survivor miniatures it comes with, it's, I honestly, I don't know how You didn't many. really say, like, each survivor is actually unique, too, and they actually all have different, like, uh, whatever, not so much characteristics, but abilities, I guess. They all have different skills where they can, like, slip past zombies without getting, like, grabbed and stuff like that, and some maybe move farther. Like, one of the chicks is actually, like, a roller skating waitress or something like that. I think I played her both times for the fun of it, and... So Another dude's chainsaw. like a cop or something. You can like comes with a pistol right away or something like that. Yeah, cool stuff like that. And then when you level up, they can you get pretty much pick an ability every time you level up too. So you can get pretty cool. But then there ends up being so many different zombies. And like the zombies, there was different ones too. There was like walkers is like your base one. Usually there's a ton of those. And then there's runners which are faster. And then there's like the big fatties, which have more wounds and are pretty tough. And then there's the, the abominations, abomination. which are kind of bad news. Like the only way you can kill them is with like a, you have to find the ingredients for like a Molotov Mom. cocktail. <laughs> so that's pretty sketchy because some of the maps really get you cornered off and stuff like that. And depending on how the streets are set up and everything, mm-hmm. it's, it, I don't know, it was really fun. <laughs> so you can even, they've got rules on even in the core game where you can add vehicles into the game sometimes you can drive those vehicles that can be tons of fun because vehicles could just mow things down but i heard you get in trouble because then you're getting all that experience you are. and <laughs> you're shooting the one dude's shooting up and all the other dudes aren't doing anything exactly. as you're mowing everybody you over you in the car you kind of got to take turns uh driving the car around but it can definitely also get you out of trouble when there's all of a sudden the board is just <laughs> overflowing with zombies yeah if you need to get something done i guess it'd be handy you need to knock those counts down because one of the things is when you if you cannot play so the game comes with so many zombies well it is going to inevitably happen in <laughs> in some of your games with this game i think it happened in both my games where we ran out of dudes. you're gonna run out of guys and guess as soon as you can't place guys that you have to place that type whatever type it was that you can't place automatically activates again <laughs> and that can be devastating to the players yeah. because all of a sudden now you're like okay well we set up so we were two spaces away from those walkers mm-hmm. well now 20 walkers are now on top of the square where the two survi- where these two survivors are standing yeah, oh that was the hardest part of the game i mean all their movements are pretty well set but when they get that double activation 
it's usually trouble because <laughs> somebody will get cornered or you have to get close to or kill just them. get obliterated i've and seen then, triple activations just oh, obliterate like, wow. somebody yeah where it'll be like okay <laughs> it's usually like nowhere to go they'll that. go like okay well we're two away so we should be safe even if they walk to us <laughs> okay wait no they we ran out of them so they activated and then somebody drew a walkers activate uh-huh boom all of a sudden 20 walkers or 10 walkers are on the same square with like the two guys that you thought were safe because <laughs> usually they're act- like when they activate they like move towards you and if they're already like next to you then they attack you yep. right if but they can't do both at the or runners can do runners both at can the do same both time. that's they get the, two that's why they're more dangerous yeah and then uh of course then there's been a ton of expansion or there's been a, quite a bit of expansion uh for this game um so the, we're not going to really get into details with the expansions neither of us really have any experience with those uh but you know you can even from little box expansions where you can just add and buy a box of extra zombies um so that you don't maybe necessarily run out quite so often um and some of those boxes of new zombies come in like the the zombies all come with new sculpts so that's kind of really that's really cool or you could buy dog companions so there's you know your survivors could start with a dog um, right off the bat which is kind of nice or you could have uh a, you, there's an expansion a small expansion pack where you get dog zombies which are make the game quite a bit more difficult from what <laughs> i understand and just tons of other stuff cool thematic stuff that you can continue to doing of course toxic city the expansions toxic city mall and and uh prison outbreak are very you know you think what you know I, you know they're very thematic in what they're adding to the game so it's cool it's not an it's not necessarily a uh miniatures game necessarily i mean you could play this with togs or whatever but there's tons of really cool miniatures so for us miniatures players it that adds that while still being a very cool board game so uh very good game very fun um very especially the core box has started to come down a little bit in price you can find i, I picked up mine for uh sub 60 dollars online and for the number of miniatures that come with it the rules a ton of fun and replayability it's very well worth that that investment so i highly recommend it great kind of a mirror trashy great way to kind of <laughs> play out a night you know in one of the better games that i think com- completes that zombie horror film kind of feel i think it was my favorite zombie game for sure that i've played so at some point i'll there's one other game that i actually own that i, I want to play that's in the zombie horror survival type game and i'm gonna the a last night on earth oh yeah i, I want to play, play that because that's supposed to be really good too and i'll be able to compare the two games and we'll come back <laughs> and, and let folks know so that's it. all right uh, that takes care of our zombicide review let's go ahead and move into our main topic they are coming main topic <laughs> that wasn't quite a Wisco dice intro no not quite not quite there I've got a little practice yet to go <laughs> Some things just come naturally. So, uh, main to- our main topic today is uh, just telling we want to talk about building and maintaining a Warhammer scene. Um, how do you, you know, kind of, I kind of refer to it as growing the grove. You know, you're nurturing and, and uh, growing this this group. What do you think, guys, are the, the biggest things that you do? I, obviously, in the outline that I gave you, I've <laughs> kind of outlined the things that I think are important but let's open this up and, and what is your guys' feedback on what are the biggest things for trying to grow and develop a group that you need to be done? You did, I mean, I think we have talked about it quite a lot in the past, especially with wanting to grow our local group and stuff. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time for it, but I think all your steps are pretty good. But definitely um, finding a store and having your the time you're there, I think, is the most important and like just being there with the game in this case Warhammer I guess being there playing Warhammer modeling Warhammer and just being there <laughs> I guess that's my main point sure yeah being visible being out there putting yourself out there and putting your group out there even if that group is very small and being consistent yep. you're there every week even if it's just you and your buddy you're there every week most local game stores will appreciate the fact that you're there every week you're consistently there, especially if you're buying stuff. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if you're buying stuff. <laughs> and, and they will, the people that are there will be like, they'll get to know you. And then not only do they get to know you, but they now have an investment in trying to help you 
be more successful and they're the ones that are that ultimately need to you know help you grow your group because they're the ones that are selling product to people so the next time somebody comes in and walks in and buys something off the shelf they can go oh hey by the way did you know we have warhammer fantasy night on monday nights or they you know we have this game night on on saturdays all of a sudden now the, the person go oh no i didn't know that mm-hmm. well great come on in why don't you come on in and check it out we always have at least a game going. Yeah, if you want to play a game, show up. No. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that definitely helps. So yeah, it definitely goes into you know playing at the LGS, being visible, you know, making yourself. If you're playing in your basement, and I know a lot of groups that have done this, where this is my how my group of when I got into Warhammer, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. I think I've mentioned that a bit more recently than I than I did in the past, and. We decided to all kind of get into Warhammer at the same time. So we all kind of picked armies amongst each other. And we all played kind of out of out of the basement, out of the garage. Warhammer was tons of fun. Had a blast. But then one guy moved away. One guy wasn't really into it. And the next thing you knew, we were down to just uh, one or two, you know, just a couple of us. Uh-huh. And we're playing each other like, you know, every time we at least, you know, once a month, twice a month, and at some point the game's got feeling the same because he's playing the same army, I'm playing the same army. Maybe I change up the army because I had a couple of different armies at the time and he only had one, and all of a sudden now my interest in the game kind of starts to wane because the games feel the same and it wasn't nearly as interesting. And At that point, we ended up looking for a different group, but I know a lot of groups that, yeah. I'm done. My friends are not well, playing it anymore. I'm just not going to play this anymore. That's exactly what happened to me. I mean, I how I got into the game. I don't even know how my friends found it originally. Just one of our buddies like found out about it and was really big about it. So kind of showed it to the rest of us, and we thought it was really cool. So we all kind of picked it up. I mean, we had that... Most everybody started with the, just a starter box right away to get into it, and then we all kind of picked our armies from there and just, yeah, met up at least once a month or so to play this was like back in high school or whatever and then shortly there like i think even before i was out of high school my group kind of dissolved already and i more or less just didn't have anybody to play anymore but i still really liked warhammer (laughs) so sad and i did hear about it from uh buying my minis down at pegasus games at the time they told me there was a club there and when i lost my group i actually looked up to see what was happening with the WWHFB and like they're still there so I started coming out on game nights and here I am I've been playing with them ever since so I never lost my Warhammer groove so that's that's a really good <laughs> example of what we're kind of saying you know if you're if you play somewhere and you're consistently playing mm-hmm. there the as you grow that and it can take you it it's a time commitment just as much as it's a time commitment in building your army and playing the game and not everybody maybe necessarily has that kind of time commitment, but if you, you know, I, I, I also hear guys that are like, oh, well, I really wish I had a game night. Well, if you really wish it, if you really want it, this is something you have to do, in my opinion, in order to get it to happen. Probably the most important thing, because this is how you're going to advertise and market new mm-hmm. gamers to you. Kenny, do you have anything you'd like to add to <laughs> getting out to the store? I think time is the big issue for a lot of people, and so if you could try to find a way to make that work, or maybe you have to go through the step of, you know, going, I had to go to the store to meet people, and then once I had gotten some contacts, it was easier to schedule something if we if we had a time conflict, because we knew each other. I didn't realize that Pegasus actually was doing a discount of the game you're playing that night, so I, w- I went to pick up something, and, I didn't, and they were saying, hey, yeah, it's a... Uh, this game night, you know, you get uh, extra d- double points on your card or something for buying that product on this game night. So that was really cool. And uh, I guess, I guess you know, to you say about being visible, being visible in the store, I think is important too. But I also, if you have a, a web presence, so like, I, you, you know, you guys have the Warhammer Fantasy uh, website for Wisconsin, and I think that's awesome. I, I tried to find that for 40k. Actually, that was a dirty word, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was interesting. Like you, your uh, your system, your website works, and people talk on it. And I've gone to there as many many times, and I keep trying to register, and it just nothing's happening. Oh, that's too bad. So, Are you talking about like the Madison40k.com? Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, 
that used to be big stuff. Is that you? Why do you run that? No, I don't run that actually. <laughs> no. I, I know the guys that do, yeah. and I know quite a few of the the 40k crowd as well. Being we used being to be on the community. same game night even too. So yeah, it's pretty closely related at one time. But yeah, I think the, I mean, ninety percent of how people probably find out and check up on stuff is the web nowadays. So showing that you do have that accent i mean that's such a quick thing that it hey, is this is actually like <laughs> happening this is current these guys are talking they're playing so yeah. they're here kind of thing and that definitely gets me into kind of my second point here which is to network and get the point out or my second major point others <laughs> this really the first four points is really the first point is really one point but the uh, networking and getting the word out so you know if i've even if I haven't established myself at the game store, the web presence, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, these are huge tools for getting the word out and advertising. Maybe you don't have the time to go down to your LGS and play games on a, on a regular basis. Okay, that kind of sucks. But you definitely have time maybe to play games bi-weekly or at least once a month. Well, pop on your local game store's Facebook page and post anybody out there else that shops here play warhammer loved would love to meet you and get to play a game you know your your local game store you know you know if they're worth their salt and you're buying stuff there on a fairly decent basis isn't going to have a problem with it and i know for one of the things i've done since we moved over to pegasus and i was doing it to a little lesser extent when i was like we were at last square was i definitely took advantage of that so we you know not only am i taking the the nights that we're playing Warhammer and, uh, you know, at the store on a consistent weekly basis. But then I'm taking those pictures and, and plugging them on their Facebook and, their, and tweeting them at them so that people that follow them on Twitter, people that are subscribed to their Facebook page go, really, there is somebody that's actually playing Warhammer there? <laughs> awesome. Maybe I'll go check that out. And I've definitely, I think I've seen that interest and growth kind of come to Pegasus a bit um, as we've as we've been there too because we've started to see more and more new faces kind of come up and question or or new players that are buying yeah. models being directed at us and I think some of that's coming from that social networking type uh, approach that we've tried to apply to try to reach out to folks. You know, you can also add to that kind of being visible if you're at a game store and so. Like Pegasus has Monday nights. Uh, like there's people that were playing 40k over in the other side of the room, and I asked them about it. They said no, they have they can only do it on uh, Monday night. It's their GW night that they do both of their games. But if they're having less people, we're having a lot of people. Some of them that have Warhammer armies, they're like, okay, well more people <laughs> are playing this. Maybe we'll go over and do that. And I've seen that happen in a lot of game stores, uh, or and also GW stores where it's like the dominating group that's in there that is playing, they're consistent, and they're having more fun, and you can tell they're having more fun, <laughs> or you're just tired of playing your, your, your same guys over and over again, you can go do that. Yeah, it really does help. I think the last thing that I wanted to kind of bring up on the topic was just engaging walk-ins. I've seen this happen with a lot of groups, that people will walk up and they'll start checking out the games you're playing, and I've seen, or I shouldn't say this with a lot of groups, with a lot of players. They'll, they'll be like, hey, I really kind of am tired of playing the same guys. I'll hear this. And then I'll watch them play the games, and somebody will walk in the store and will be checking out what <laughs> they're doing, and they won't engage them. Mm -hmm. They won't ask them questions. They won't say hi. They won't get them talking. And that is that you've got to kind of break that icebreaker with new people. And, yeah, maybe it doesn't turn into anything... Not, Nine times out of ten, yeah, but that tenth time, all of a sudden, you find you find out that the guy actually does. The person does have miniatures or does have an army, and the next thing you know, you get them engaged and you get them talking. And maybe they're maybe the game they're playing is not Warhammer, but they've always really liked to play Warhammer. And now that they're talking to somebody, they're getting excited to actually go buy something and and to start an army of their own. And this is how you start to turn those people, those walk-ins and those those ongoers into becoming Warhammer players and joining doing what you're doing. I think that solidifies like the interest in the game quite a bit too. I mean, if you see these models think they're really cool, it's like there's this game and but seeing like people actually playing, having fun and like just it being real and right there in front of you, I guess is a lot to like get your interest going and kind of take that step into actually doing it. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely grab I know you're really good about it, grabbing anybody who's wandering through and you can see they're like interested in <laughs> that's why they're there, like it's kind of scoping it out. But you always do a really good job at like, I think the first time I was at the store you probably grabbed me like right away. I didn't I don't know if I knew about the website at that time. I think I had just asked them in the store. Sure. Like if that was still happening, they told me what night it was on or whatever. And then I came out and I think you told me like to yeah, sign up for the forums and all that stuff right away and it really just kind of got my foot in the water. <laughs> I think that's kind of the worst too when people when you don't engage somebody because a lot of times they're there, they're probably fishing. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. Probably, I mean, I I found it whenever I move to a new place or find a new store. If I come in, I I probably won't be like, hey, I played this game. I don't know any <laughs> of you. You know, let me just jump into this. Uh-huh. So they probably want you to say something. You may even like stand at their table for a while, kind of hoping that somebody will engage you. Uh-huh. Uh, giving that like signal so yeah i think it's really important to do that yeah it's really awkward as the outsider to kind of join the group so you've got to kind of just be <laughs> outgoing and it's i know some you know for a lot of folks that's not necessarily what comes naturally to them to it the gamer come, type yeah I, it honestly <laughs> didn't come natural to me but i know it's still not natural to me yeah that that instant jump out uh-huh. there and you are the one that's playing you are the one that's the expert and whether you're playing on the regular game night or you're and your buddy you decided to let's stop down to the store this monday or this saturday and play a game down to the store you know when you're that foot traffic coming by those are all prospective new players uh those are all prospective existing players also that are just looking are all are just like you that are looking for somebody else to play with. So engage mm-hmm. them, get them talking. If they are new players and they're interested in playing the game, if you have a regular night, well, it's really easy to transition into like, oh hey, you're just looking to get started. Well, go post over on this website next time you think you are know, when you think you're going to come be able to come in on say on our given night on Monday night or whatever it is. We'll loan you an army. Yeah, you know. Don't let them walk away and go. Oh well, it's expensive. I don't have models either. You know, mm-hmm. if they're inter- if they're really interested, get them to bite and start and start wanting to push around the yeah. plastic crack that is Warhammer. Because <laughs> yeah, that's a huge resource. I mean, with something like Warhammer, you can't really like test it out unless you, like you have somebody there. I guess. I mean, that would be a big effort to like buy it all up before you even play it. I mean, I wouldn't do that. Like, I would want to play something before I buy it. I guess so. Being able to do that, have that intro game to just make sure it's yeah. what you want yeah especially what you're looking for especially at a hundred dollars or whatever it is now for an island of blood and when you're looking at kits that are 70 80 90 dollars for a single model uh-huh. you know, even then like the island of blood's only two armies what if you like demons better or something yeah, like that it exactly. doesn't really help you out that that's what the intro set is so you really want to have that yeah chance to borrow somebody's armory get that intro game and having somebody like play the game with you and explain it i think is way better than reading just the rules i mean to actually see how it actually plays out. When you're doing this, be a great sport about it too. Be a great sport in your games at the store. Don't you don't Slam know who's watching. <laughs> you know, watch. I, and I, this is one where I'm really bad. But watch your language too when you're at the store. Watch your etiquette. You know, be a great sport. Not only are you encouraging good sportsmanship within your club and the, your mates or whatever it might be that you're playing games with, which will hopefully enhance your opponent's experience while you're playing, but it also people get shy will shy away from that if you're a bit overtly aggressive or you curse too much. You know, maybe they were maybe it's parents that were checking things out because they're looking at bringing their kids down and they're adolescent kids and they don't want them now exposed to that cursing guy that's I found that with war machine like on a war machine night that they were war machines a little more adult like group from what i've seen usually like i don't think there's as many kids as something like warhammer fantasy or 40k especially oh yeah absolutely (laughs) the the whole whole, like play like you got a pair thing and i think some people took that too hard i i think it's it's good to have your group have somebody if if you can if you're organized enough that you could have somebody uh, or a couple people kind of designated as your like PR person or your presenter if somebody comes over, uh, you know, like I mean, I did that for my group. You know, it sounds like you you've been kind of whether you doing it consciously or not done it for your group. But on the flip side of that, you also want to um, I guess consider your presentation. So if you have if you know you're gonna have like an if your game group's doing like an open house night uh, or if your people are gonna come by, you want to maybe. Uh, throw a blanket over some of the uh, the more like unsavory things so if you have somebody who's 
pants are falling down around their ankles or if they, you know, really reek and you've gotten used to the <laughs> smell or, or just something, you know, kind Hide of them in the back clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe febreze <laughs> them and put them under the rug or just something. Cause you know, other people are going to come by and take a look at this. I think that is a thing too. I mean, I mean, you're going to be playing with people. So your interaction with the people is a big concern, whether you like the game or not. I mean, I wouldn't join a group if I was turned off by the people. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen with other clubs. I can't clubs sit in your presence for three hours. Or, <laughs> so that can show a lot. You I mean, I never want to turn anybody away, but I definitely, I definitely know that there are certain people, even in our group right now on Monday nights. And I don't want to, you know, this is, I know this goes out and be public, but I, if you're new and coming into our group of, of wanting to play games, I don't necessarily want to throw you up against Hobby uh, killer. Say, well, <laughs> he's not bad at all. No, we not, not necessarily hobby killer, but <laughs> uh, you know, Trevor is a good example, and I, and I don't want to pick on pick on you, Trevor. But if you're listening to this, but Big Ben too a bit. He's a little bit antisocial, and I think I think they both admit it. He's a little, you know, Ben's kind of an interesting fellow <laughs> for you know stutters a bit, kind of awkward, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's not necessarily going to be. It, it's not necessarily marketable to. You're trying to almost yeah. market the group to this new guy. I'd much rather have him play against Dustin or or uh, myself or not, Mark. Not or Brian. Go kill Kenny. Kenny. Uh, yeah, he'll lose Kenny, anyway. <laughs> Kenny or the other high off Kenny or Aaron, Ogre Aaron. Those guys are all, all really brilliant and great at opening up. It was like great because I was watching. We had High Elf Kenny at the store this last Monday. And I was a bit sick, and we had a new guy come in with Island of Blood, and he'd been referred to the group from the store. And High Elf Kenny is sitting there telling him, just getting really talking to him about High Elves, getting you know showing his passion about the army, and also just being really good about encouraging new players. And they and he's been kind of been on the other side of things with building his own. He he's taken like their group of buddies and from whatever type gaming that they were doing before, and they've now turned that group into Warhammer games you know, gamers. Much much how you know we both started with Warhammer mm-hmm. originally in our our group of local buddies, and they brought their group to the store, which has been good because the group kind of faded off now. But I think High Elf Kenny and Aaron are are there more. But yeah, it was great to see that, and and that's the kind of person that I'd want to see. That I, I I like to see if I'm if I'm not going to be there to kind of interact and and help this person become part of the group as they're starting out, then having great people like that in the group too to help is awesome, and, and trying to direct them to those people, and then as they become regulars, okay, well now, why don't you play Big Ben, or why don't you play? Not to mention Big Ben's playing style necessarily, while really still in completely legitimate playing the Ogre Gutstar kind of <laughs> in your fa- operation in your grill as a new player is not necessarily my idea. An of avoidance a great time. game, <laughs> <laughs> avoidance Dark Elves. That'd be a good thing. I did actually against. play that against him once. It was a, a bit of a frustrating game for the both of us. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that for a new game, it'd be really good. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll play by avoiding Stark yeah. Elves, and I'll just never get into combat, and I'll just shoot and magic. That's gonna sell them out more. Definitely, and I've done, I, you know, in the past, and I say this, I've done this to players in the past myself. So, I mean, you don't you really know, all of a sudden, think about it all the time. I there's, guess. you know, there is definitely times in the past where, as I've brought new guys into the group, or you know, as we've brought new players in the group, I shouldn't say necessarily I've, but we've as a group done it that two or three weeks into it we've beaten the pants off them so badly that they're really discouraged with the game and frustrated and now don't want to play yeah, yeah. i mean and I th- it's harder to do these days as long as you steer them away from tomb kings <laughs> i think well i mean depending on how much you're playing too i mean the regular players are going to be better than you like when i first came into the group i lost like every game for i don't know how long <laughs> and like if you not too into the scene i mean you don't know how to write your list you're more or less just kind of taking whatever you don't know what's good how to exactly to build a good army i guess and stuff like that so there's a big learn well not a big thing but i mean there was definitely a big space for learning <laughs> when i first came into the group too i remember you were speaking about that i remember one dude a long time ago i think he added like a whatever uh, anger issue anyway but like every game you would play, if he was losing, he would just like flip out. And one day he like I I was unfortunately the one playing him with 
uh, that was my Tomb Kings back in the day with the rapid fire catapults, and he didn't like that, and he like quit halfway through the game and like stormed out, and we never like saw him again, unfortunately. So it's probably for the but, best. Yeah, I think it was for the best. But but yeah. there's other guys. I know like there's a gentleman that was probably tail end of seventh. He was playing. He kind of started playing with us. But we would have been playing, I think, Misty at the time. And uh-huh. he's playing Dark Elves. And he just never... While Dark Elves were incredibly good, it was a huge learning curve. I mean, Dark Elves were incredibly yeah. good because you knew how to build your list and execute it. Dark Elves, by themselves, if you just kind of took units that you thought were cool and you didn't necessarily get all the synergy working... They weren't necessarily great because they're just toughness three light armored infantry, and so he would just show up at the turn out to the store and just get smashed week after week after week. And after like the fourth or fifth week, he started showing up less, and then uh-huh. the next thing you knew, he just stopped showing up. And I don't know, and it was kind of a regret too because he had a full on army. It sure. wasn't like uh, some new guys where you see this kind of you know frustration or bad behavior maybe they only have a you know a thousand points or something they're, they're you know obviously just getting into it and you can see that they weren't weren't having fun but yeah you get, when you the moral of the story is new guys are going to struggle a bit yeah. so when you do get those new guys into the group don't let them just play the game and try to figure it entirely out on their own yeah you got to take them under your wing a little bit i mean you have all these good players somebody's bound to know what they're doing with that army and like I've even talked to you about like what I've been doing when I like am kind of faded out of the hobby for a little bit <laughs> like getting stomped all the time like what am I not seeing here kind of thing and you don't even play my army but for a new person that helps a lot if you have that expert player to like kind of show them the ropes pretty much and with would, that army I I would add on to that too I just thought of this while you were talking about like the players that just that disappear they may or may not uh like signal that to you so if you have somebody watching them they you may want to have somebody that's perceptive enough to pick up like okay they never said anything they they just went away and never shut up again like maybe maybe they're not going to say it but you know that they're getting stomped and they're just getting frustrated and they don't want to admit it mm-hmm. so you can kind of like if you have somebody being uh, like just you know just paying attention enough to see like okay they've lost four games in a row they're not saying anything but maybe we just want to point something out to them so they don't just disappear and like what happened <laughs> yeah you want to encourage those players help them learn you know from their mistakes and as they even if they got beat even even if like okay the next time you play them just or you watch them play a game this is the second or third time out and you go that looks like you're doing that so much better than you used to now you just need to do this and you and for them you know they'll it'll a lot of times it'll if you've nurtured if you help nurture that them with their tactics because it's such a huge curve for me learning in this game. You know, not only do you have to figure out what your stuff even does, but now I have to figure out no the worst thing ever is like, okay, well I'm completely caught off guard by whatever it was that because I had no idea that vampire you know, vampire counts didn't run away. <laughs> so I figured yeah. when I just beat that unit of zombies by ten, I would be in good shape, but apparently they don't run away and well I just broke my back on my game. Well, that's the kind of stuff that new players struggle with, and those are things that we all take advantage, you know, take as that's normal stuff in the game because we've been <laughs> playing it for a long time. So helping them learn and foster and develop their tactics, and especially if you can help them develop their tactics, at least help them focus their tactics on their army, and then as they're, you know, when you're playing them and your people that are playing them in the group, make sure that they understand you know, to try to go over and explain what some of their army-wide rules do, some of their units do. They're, make sure that your guys that are, you know, if they're if they're really new and don't necessarily know the rules, have them go over, you know, play an open list. Have them exp- tell, explain, okay, this is what my character has. This is what he can do. It's better to do that than go, oh, well, guess what? My character can do this as he does it and catch him completely off guard because <laughs> yeah. that can be really frustrating. Well, a lot of it come. well, I guess it's a little bit easier now, but, like, moving was such, like, a huge deal, like, the movement phase, especially back in the day, but, I mean, it's just, like, don't do that because I'm going to, like, destroy all of you <laughs> if you move that guy there. 
or like I don't know, watch like this flank, make sure you have this charge lined up here, watch out for these guys kind of thing. <laughs> it, it it's those... like a good tip to a game not going south if there's like one pivotal thing, don't just watch them do it, you know. <laughs> and in those first games, it's even good to just do something dumb and let them, you know, as much as it I don't want to throw games. Yeah. Sometimes I know I've done find, you know, to try to help encourage somebody that's getting, you know, starting out getting into the game, I'll I'll throw some I'll throw them a bone and <laughs> let them have something good just so they can feel good about the game. Should definitely do that like in an intro game for sure. <laughs> even even with somebody that I know has been struggling with a uh-huh. game, I'll do that occasionally with. So that's why I've been winning. No, just no, I don't throw you any bones ever. <laughs> You're um, just used to me complaining all the time. All right. Does anybody have anything more to add to this? This has been a really good topic. It's kind of a shame we're kind of having to wrap it up, but we're running out of time. I think we covered it pretty well. I hope there were some good points in there, and people can. I think so. Relate it to their groups. Get out there. Well, you know, if people maybe have questions or they have thoughts, is there a way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go ahead and uh, catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Just catch us and send us via the social media, just as we talked about earlier. Or, of course, you can email uh, your Wisco Dice hosts at, at hosts at wiscodice.com. We'd be, love to hear your feedback and, and your thoughts on this topic. And uh, we'll definitely, when this uh, show goes up, We'll start on we on Facebook. We have a group, a Wisco Dice group, um, and we'll go ahead and, and start this up as a topic of conversation, so that we can maybe try to get some additional ideas from other folks that are outside of our local meta and our local groups here in Madison that may have some more feedback uh, about what it is like to continue to grow and build those groups. All right, all right. So thanks for listening, folks. Make sure you check out our website at wiscodice.com. Please, uh, if you feel feel the need, shoot us an email or get a hold of us on one of those, those uh, various contact links. Okay? Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks. And out. Catch yeah. us next time. My voice is now with frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have it's a drink. be good. <laughs> Later. Peace out.